0: Good evening everybody, welcome to our Emotionally Healthy Seminar. My name is Lee Richards and I lead the pastoral care team at Christchurch London. I'm really excited this evening to be chatting to Dr Kate Middleton. Kate is a psychologist, she is a director at the Mind and Soul Foundation which seeks to educate the general public basically on all areas of mental health and well-being and she is also involved in leading a church in Hertfordshire. So Kate, welcome. It welcome, is so great it's to great, see great to be with you. Thank you. Just to Say before we start, actually, before I forget, if you have questions that you want to submit over the course of this next hour, Kate would love to hear them and answer them. So, do just write a comment in the box, and one of our team will let me know and we can ask your question. So, without further ado, <laughs> um, let's start off at the basic level then. So, what is stress? I I
1: think that is such an interesting question and such a key question for this season, because for me as a psychologist, what I'm often talking about when I'm talking about stress, I I become aware it's not the same as what other people talk about. And so often in our everyday speech and conversation, when we talk about stress, we're talking about something that is basically emotional distress. So someone will say like, stop stressing out, don't get stressed. What they mean is you're in an emotional state. And, and that is a form of stress. It's definitely an expression of stress. Those emotions are on the same physiological system as the, the wider stress that we experience. But actually, as a as a, as a medic and as a psychologist, I, my understanding of stress is that anything that requires our body or our brain to act and react, anything that places demand on our system is a stressor. It's, it's a stress because it triggers that physiological system. So your stress system, which is hugely complex and involves body and brain and and lots of different hormones and um, organs and all sorts of things is is all about modulating your ability to respond to whatever life is throwing at you in the moment. So some of our most stressful times in life are actually the most amazing times. Um, and in my work pre-global pre, pre uh, global pandemic, when I was talking about stress, I would almost always be talking to people in in, in situations where they loved what they did. They were doing, like, really high power demanding jobs. They were often juggling it with families. They were volunteering, doing work in their evenings and weekends. They loved it all. They didn't want to stop any of it, but they were struggling with stress. And, and, and that misunderstanding around, like, well, I'm not distressed, so how can I be stressed? is is often something that that once you can get past that it really helps your understanding of what's going on and why this is affecting you the way it is and of course the pandemic and
0: lockdown has been a
1: really unusual situation for us all in terms of how it's affected our stress system
0: massively and i mean that's really interesting often you can think or i could, i might think that stress, you know if you're stressed it's a bad thing but but as you say, sometimes you can be do, doing something you really enjoy and be stressed. So how would someone know if they were experiencing stress that, I guess, an unhealthy level of stress?
1: Yeah, well, as you say, like, like like most things in terms of how your body and your brain respond, a little bit of stimulation is a good thing, as you say, and your stress system enables you to manage demand better. So it makes sure that you're focusing your attention that you're ready to react that you've got whatever you need to have and 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 interact with some of your emotional system to make sure that you're focusing your attention wherever you need to in the moment that you don't miss anything when we're really on it that's what we that's what our brain and our body do they work together to make sure we're ready for whatever is required and and i guess you can think of your stress system uh it's 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 quite a general way of talking about it, but think of it a bit as a bit like the water level in a pool. So mm-hmm. if you think of one of the really important concepts with your stress system is is where your baseline is. So if you imagine you're standing in a pool and that and that you can't see my feet they're down here somewhere but you imagine that the water level is down by your feet and and the everyday challenges of life are a bit like waves in that pool and when your baseline is really low your capacity to cope with them is absolutely fine and and even if life gets busy and that baseline rises a little bit your capacity those everyday waves are still well within the safe zone if you like um even even as the water level rises maybe even up to, to the middle of that zone so there that the the increase in your stress sort of uh, system, that the sort of triggering of that system is a good thing because it enables you to respond well. The problem is that we all have a crisis point, and that's literally where the water levels sort of got up to here. You're starting to get to the edge of your capacity to handle what life is throwing at you, and that's. That's a physiological reality in terms of of your body and how much you can just keep going. You, you do you need to rest. You, you're not designed to run long term under heightened levels of that system. It's supposed to be a short term response. But it's also your mind There's we're not cyborgs. I wish we were. But there's only a certain amount that we can cope with. And again, your mind, your brain gets tired. And so when you get to this point on your stress system, particularly if that's a baseline moment, so that can happen just on a really bad day. You know, we've all had days like that where just everything goes wrong and just suddenly you think, okay, everybody just needs to go away for a minute. Mm -hmm. But but also longer term, what can happen in seasons when we're really busy or when life is unusual or something crazy like lockdown happens is that that our stress level is raised long term and our baseline ends up sitting really quite close to that overwhelm point and and when you're there when you're living in that zone it's a bit like the classic thing about if you Drop a frog into hot water, it jumps out. But if you put it in cold and heat it gradually, you know that old story. And I think the thing is, 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 is that is a gradual change. Usually, lockdown is unusual, but usually that's a gradual thing. And so, what you you just suddenly become aware that that's where you're living, and that is a very uncomfortable place. And some people record they they become aware of it because of the physical impact and that might be a short term physical impact because some people's bodies just don't tolerate raised levels of that stress system very well so you might get issues with your gut headaches muscle tension things like that sometimes it's a longer term physical reaction because the triggering of that system changes things like uh the level of sugar in your blood how reactive your cells are to that to that sugar because it's about making sure you're ready the fire or flight response that you will have heard about and I and, know and if that is how you're living long term that's that's not good for you and so some of these physical problems can be the impact of long-term heightened stress but very often what it is is it's it's a brain response or it is an emotional response because as I say emotions particularly like anxiety and frustration are on the same physiological system they're very closely linked with our stress system and when you're living this close to overwhelm what you find is is that emotionally you start to feel very close to the level where y- you're you're you just you can't handle it and and emotions like anxiety and frustration start to bubble over all the time and you find yourself suddenly very reactive really struggling and those little waves which normally wouldn't bother you at all the little things that life just throws you know you drop a mug or you forget to do something or you mess something up and you would normally just think oh well but suddenly become really hard to manage and people will say literally i I feel like i'm going under Mm. and it is and and at the same time you'll start to experience things again both physically from your body emotionally but also your 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 brain your thinking patterns little shooting thoughts like i i can't cope i need to get away i've got to get out of here because your your brain is trying to get you to get to a space where that level can drop back down
0: Mm.
1: so it becomes increasingly uncomfortable for us to live in that space and i think when you're there and particularly over a longer period a lot of people have and so particularly at the end of lockdown a lot of people have been saying things to me like i just don't feel like myself Mm -hmm. and very often what's happening it isn't that you've changed you haven't become some kind of frankenstein version of yourself it's just this is what it looks like when we're living under extreme stress for a long period of time and so many people have been in that space on and off or over longer periods of time in lockdown because of the nature of that season.
0: I relate to so much of what you're saying. And I, and I mean, I've noticed both in myself and the people around me or even just passing in the street, that there's an element of solidarity, especially at the beginning of lockdown, but there's also this kind of impatience with other people. And I've noticed it. I, I can, whether it's with my kids or other people, it just it it can feel like lots of us are going around with a short fuse or it doesn't take much to suddenly feel really anxious or just completely thrown. And I know that even um, with the changes in the government legislation about numbers of people meeting today, I've had uh-huh. so many conversations where even though it's not entirely unexpected, it's just thrown us.
1: Yeah, for sure. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because what basically happens when you're on the edge of overwhelm is that your brain goes into a kind of emergency mode it's a bit like you know when the airplane's landing and they turn off all the lights except the really essential ones so it genuinely does change the way that you that you that your mind works which is kind of weird that's why you feel so much like you're not quite yourself and there's there's lots of ways that that you see that change sort of in in terms of how we experience it ourselves Mm -hmm. and one of those is that your brain basically tries to bring everything back to um a much simpler way you know the human mind likes certainty and it likes to live under the illusion that life is fairly certain and that we can control it and goodness haven't we found out that that isn't the case but when you're in that emergency mode your brain tries to simplify things and so you start to think in a very binary way so things are either one thing or another either black or white and the gray which in the reality is the messy zone where most of life exists it feels like that's just not there Mm -hmm. and so the sorts of things that we would our perception changes would be things like are you on my side or are you against me are you right or are you wrong am i right or am i wrong have i done this uh, well am i was that successful or am i a total failure and and the nature because of the season that we're under, particularly because we're feeling quite, it's relentless and we're feeling quite under attack, there's a lot of fear and anxiety around, means that we're more likely to go to the negative side of those all those binary choices. So we're much more likely to interpret maybe a fairly innocent comment, normally something that we would just think, oh, they're being a bit snarky today. But it, when you're close to overwhelm like that, you just think, they're against me, they're attacking me. And we respond as though we were being attacked. Mm -hmm. um so when you're in that space the the potential for conflict and for people to be really prickly is much higher and of course we are emotionally more hypersensitive because our emotions are much more close to the surface so that we don't handle those little triggers as well at all and and i think all of that within a context where there's lots of change and and where there's lots of difficulty around decision-making and understanding of all these different roles and regulations, it does mean there's a lot of potential for conflict people are very shouty i mean i'm a i'm a big time cyclist i love to bike and um i cannot tell you how many people have shouted at me in the last six months and it's believe me i have not become a worse cyclist in the last six months but i've had people literally winding their window down to yell somebody chased me down the road just to yell at me you know and it's almost it's
0: almost a relief when we find a space where we can let out some of this tension and frustration <laughs> it, and hold it in in other contexts. It's that, it's a bit like road rage, isn't it? Suddenly you get in the car and everyone's annoying you. <laughs> um, yeah, if you just... frustration is
1: such a difficult emotion as well because it is so physically held and it does literally get pent up. And it's, it's as well as stress, I think one of the things that we have, many of us have had to deal with in, within lockdown has been some of the emotional challenge and frustration has definitely been one of those. Like, where do you let that out? Because yeah. you're holding so much frustration.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I um, if you've just um, tuned in then welcome. I am chatting to Dr Kate Middleton this evening about the subject of stress. We're having a great conversation so we've been talking about, about what stress is and what it looks like and so I guess we've been talking about the fact that a number of us, well all of us pretty much, have been under an extended period of stress over the past kind of six, seven months when it comes to what's going on with a global pandemic so given that is the nature of what's going on what are some strategies that can help us maybe bring that kind of baseline of the water level down a bit do you have
1: some yeah i think one thing that's really interesting to chat about there before i go into some practical stuff is is why why have we been so stressed? Because it's a conversation I've had with a lot of people. And I think particularly if you've been in a position where actually lockdown for you has been flipping boring maybe you were furloughed you've not been able to work you've been stuck at home particularly if you're living on your own that the challenge of just what do i fill my days with has has been the big issue for some people so a lot of people i'm talking to are saying like but why why am, i have nothing to be stressed about believe me i've got nothing to do and i think what's really important is to understand how your mind keeps that baseline though. and one of the things that's really important is your regular rhythm and routine so normally in normal life if we can even remember what that was now we would we all had a, a basic rhythm and routine and and you know um there there were aspects of each day that were repeated every day monday to friday or whatever your normal pattern was was largely the same there were things you did every day whether that's you know making your first cup of coffee in the morning whether it's the bus you catch for work taking the kids to school whatever that is and and you can think of that the the sort of challenges of every day is a bit like climbing a wall and that routine is like the handholds in the wall and and when you're in that position of just normal everyday life you can do that climb really without thinking about it so it takes a huge amount of demand off your brain because you don't have to think about most things we've all done that thing where you drive one of your standard routes and you get there and realize that you didn't really think about the journey at all you totally zoned out or you've driven to the wrong place i've done that so many times like because i'm actually not going to work that day but that is where i drive drive. And, and that is exactly what your brain's doing. It's going on to automatic pilot, which means the demand is really low. But what happened in lockdown uniquely was this utter destruction of all of those routines and rhythms all just went literally overnight. And there's a psychologist called Dr. Rowena Hill, who's on one of the government panels, and she talked about the unique nature of this season affecting everyone everywhere in everything and it just took all of that out so we were all suddenly in a position where actually that there's none of those handholds are there and maybe you're climbing the same wall or actually often the wall has totally changed there's new boulders new challenges things that weren't hard before suddenly become a huge deal how do you get shopping how do you, you your kids aren't in school you can't go to work you know so i think for everyone our stress level immediately jumped up and every time we experience a new change and, and going back to new normal we some people who might feel like actually we're starting to get back into a bit of a rhythm and routine. It's such a relief. And that's why it is literally a relief for your brain because it can stop thinking about all this stuff. But it isn't normal, is it? And, and every time we think we're getting there, something else changes and whoop, up goes your stress level again. And I think it's really important as well to understand that if you were in a position where actually what you lost was all your productivity, all the things you normally did, that is hugely stressful. Like the, the challenge to your mind of thinking, what am I going to do with every day or. The, the the stress, one of the things that we've come to understand so much better, really just in the last decade, is how stressful isolation and loneliness is. The human brain needs other people. So if you've been in a position where for an extended period of time you've had very little contact, physical contact we know triggers natural hormones that drop your stress level. So even now, you know, we're not able to hug, we're not able to have that physical contact. We've lost some of the natural modulators of stress. Mm-hmm. So bearing all that in mind that helps us understand what are some of the things we can do to try and manage our stress level so things like where can you put back in a rhythm a routine what are the 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 stepping stones in your week that you can start to get back into place or or even in seasons where it, you know, I know some people might be sitting watching this in areas where they're under local lockdown, where things again have, have gone much closer to what it's been like at the height of lockdown. Even in those moments, are there aspects of your normal routine that you can keep? So if you normally have a, a, a monday team meeting at work can you still do that but do it on zoom so that there's something of that regular rhythm that's still there when kids are being homeschooled let's hope that doesn't have to happen again <laughs> as a mom can I um, but but you know the advice was to try and stick to a regular routine if you can and i know we did that and it it, 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 it really helped and that's why because if you can give your brain that predictable pattern it will help mm-hmm but also i think we've got to be aware and just accept that we are under higher stress mm-hmm. so whereas normally we might not have to be as proactive about what are the things we're doing to manage stress to drop that stress level you know literally the things that pull the plug out so that water level can drop in this season we are going to have to be really intentional really proactive really careful about those things and and some of those will be in the moment responses so something has just happened or life has and you suddenly you know you have those moments I I know I have them as, as a mum and just doing things you just think I am about to lose it I honestly my capacity to respond like a sensible adult is about to go out of the window I I had to confess to my family um, that over lockdown I broke our Alexa because of a moment like that where I did I just I just it was the final straw in a bad moment I went in and the flipping thing wouldn't pick up the wi-fi and I picked it up and slammed it down on the counter and, it, and it, it's never worked again you know so when you're in those moments sometimes it's a short-term thing of saying Do you know what I need to take a breather I need to go sit on the back step and have a cup of tea I need to just I need to get out or I need to go to a room where nobody else is I need to just get somewhere where where there's the stimulation level is dropped and i can Mm -hmm. just calm down maybe there are even some breathing exercises and things that we can do in those moments putting on a favorite song there's there's things that you can do in those moments that physiologically drop your stress level quickly so there's in the moment responses but there's also longer-term things. So what are the things you do that keep you sane that drop your stress level? So I am a biker. One of the reasons I bike is because it drops my stress level, it helps me cope. So through lockdown, I was so glad that I was still able to do that. And I did it almost every day, just getting out, even if it's just 45 minutes, because that's something I do that helps me manage my stress level. So and 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 a lot of people who've never had to even think about this before. Before, have found themselves having to explore really intentionally like what do i actually do that's relaxing and either because you just never had to think about it before or because the nature of this season is the stuff you would normally do you can't do if you normally go kick a ball around with mates or play golf or you know go to a choir or you know whatever it is that you do book club and all of these things that just haven't been able to happen you you're gonna have to find some new ways and you might have to find
0: them quickly <laughs> And, and I guess a lot of the alternatives, I found at least, have been Zoom events. Oh my goodness. You know, yeah, they're goodness. great, but, yeah. you know, I, so many people I've spoken to, and me myself, get Zoom fatigue where you just don't really want to, you want to connect with someone in person and you just can't, and that can be so frustrating. And and Zoom, it's really interesting in terms of your stress
1: level, because it is so cognitively demanding. So, but because, Having a conversation is so much harder, reading the little visual cues that would normally be instinctive and automatic becomes really deliberate. Little things like, where do you look? Uh, yeah. You know, how do you manage that? It's it's incredibly hard to do that. It's it's really hard work, focused attention. But also because for a lot of people, it's very emotionally triggering. You know, some people find having their own picture on screen really difficult. the the frustration elements, not being able to work the flipping technology, and and also something that we psychologists call dissonance, which is where there's a there's a clash. And so Zoom is a really interesting type of distance because it's like, it feels like I'm having a conversation with you now, Lou, but we're actually not physically in the same space. So my brain is trying to hold those two weird realities that totally conflict. And actually, all of that is really stressful, isn't it? And it's, oh, I mean, it's just oddly relentless as well, Zoom, isn't it? It is. And I definitely had a moment in lockdown. There was a moment where I'd actually finished a day of work and I went into the kitchen to cook dinner and my daughter was just starting a Zoom dance class. And I heard, you know, that ding dong when you join. And yeah. I had this like whole body stress reaction just to that noise. And it was it was like a bomb had gone. Uh, uh, you know, it's just like I cannot take any more of that today. Yeah. And it was a really interesting moment just thinking, gosh, that stuff is so stressful. <laughs>
0: we 've had a few questions already, some of them like we I guess you 've answered from our conversation so far, but um so someone asked about life habits that will help prevent stress, good place or way to release pressure I, I guess um you talked about the kind of the cup of tea um listening to a song or something, and obviously you gave your Alexa story, which I think we can. Or relate to. Are there any other ways that you can suggest that where we can release some of that anger? I guess that's
1: yeah. So it's it, and and I think the the question that you mentioned, how can we prevent stress? And I think the uncomfortable reality right now is that that we can't. And and perhaps in a unique way, we are all having to get really good. Some people, because of their jobs or lifestyle, always have had to learn really good techniques and routines to manage high stress but we're all in that zone so we're kind of on a steep learning curve here Mm -hmm. um how do you respond to it how do you modulate it and the good news is is that studies looking at stress do show that on the whole how well we respond to stress is not just about the the sheer amount of stress we're under it is about how do you act how do you react how do you process it how do you release tension and things like that so we can all get better at this and we can improve things dramatically i think when you understand the impact why why you're stressed that you are stressed and therefore start to do something about it that can help an awful lot particularly with some of the things that a lot of us are finding emotionally difficult right now like frustration and anxiety so there's there's you can you can kind of think in categories, and I encourage people to be really quite quite exploratory about how they manage stress because everyone is different. You know, something that some one person would find hugely relaxing would drive someone else utterly crazy. You know, like puzzles, for example. Like loads of people love puzzles. I I just can think of nothing that would stress me out more than trying to do a puzzle right now. It's like, you, are you trying to push me over the edge? No way. But I know loads of people who in lockdown have discovered oh, yeah. love for puzzles. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be quite analytical and find out what works for you but there are some broad categories that are interesting so i think things that are physiologically relaxing are interesting so things like um having a hot bath um sort of so sort of literally things that involve you sort of lying down or sitting down so sometimes watching tv or reading things that are you are physically resting even exercise if you exercise for long enough at a high enough level so about 40 minutes or so of reasonably intense exercise you'll release endorphins which are your body's they're a natural chemical in your body and one of the things they do is they drop your stress levels. so things like that that are naturally physiologically relaxing are really interesting so that's definitely one category to explore things that are distracting are very interesting sometimes what we just need is to get away in our heads from covid and the relentless media stuff and everything that's going on so film cinema books um some types of crafts playing a musical instrument often the value of those is that they're distracting sometimes you have to be careful though about a clash between those two so for example one thing that i come across a lot People who, as a response to stress, play video games. Yeah. Thinking about killing, zomb- killing zombies is very cathartic if you've had a frustrating day. I, as far as I understand, I'm a bit rubbish at them. So I'm not sure that it would have the same effect for me. But the problem with that can be that it's actually physiologically really quite triggering for your mind. So again, what I found in this season is a lot of people finding that that as a go-to thing actually is not helping and that they're starting to be like, this is weird. I'm actually feeling freaked out by something that used to be really positive for me because they're, they're so close to and They just can't cope with killing zombies. It's too much. So I think we have. To, it, there's an interesting balance between those two things. But I
0: it's also there are, un, I, there are other unhealthy ways of trying to distract yourself from stress. I know that I look at my phone too much and I know that if I'm feeling overwhelmed, I can just start, you know, scrolling on Instagram. And that's not the healthiest approach either
1: yeah and I mean there are some very interesting uh figures starting to come out for example around um drinking and alcohol, saying that like I think I read a stat today that fifty percent of people are drinking significantly more now than they were pre lockdown, and that's a classic thing that many of us, after a stressful day, will reach for a glass of wine and and in in the short term, as part of a of a, of a whole package of things we do that there's nothing terror there's nothing terrible with that but if that's the only thing you know what to do and 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 some a lot of people have probably found themselves instinctively reaching for that because this is just crazy what do you do I need to get away and I need the release, and and actually one of the challenges of lockdown is this isn't a short term acute crisis I mean we're six months in now and it, I'm sorry but it's still going. Um, so we've got to think of some longer term strategies that are going to work. And think about things that said so that the puzzle thing, that's another interesting category. So restoring order. So uh, one of the things that the human mind loves is, as I say, certainty a, a sense of feeling and control, but also order. We find most people find chaos quite difficult. We all have a different sort of trigger point. Some people can handle chaos more, so i'm I'm very bad with chaos. I like things to be ordered and calm and controlled some people some people manage it better. but this season, everything is so chaotic, an awful lot of people are finding things that help them feel a sense of restoring order are uh, soothing oddly soothing which i think is where the puzzles comes from and maybe if i wasn't so rubbish at them i would actually find that helpful i'm <laughs> I, I, I oddly soothing because and 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 like there's there's a joke i have with one of my best friends if 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 she's saying like how are you kate i will just be like well i've already cleaned the fridge because i don't know why but i do just feel like the world is a less terrifying place if my fridge is clean yeah
0: i get that <laughs>
1: that that disorder and chaos it's just like that could push me over the edge on a bad day <laughs> so there, are, there are interesting categories of things that we can do and look at mm-hmm. and, and try things out but we we do have to get to know ourselves and what works and sometimes play with the things. so sometimes if you're one of those people with a very active mind then just doing something that's physiologically relaxing Mm. drive you crazy some people are very active relaxers you have to be doing something again it's why I bike I get into the zone and there's something almost hypnotic about that space where I'm in the zone if I just sat on the sofa and tried
0: to relax I would drive myself crazy and that's really reassuring that that is okay to be like that and it you're not bad at relaxing just because you don't want to sit there doing nothing
1: no and i think a lot of people say oh no i've tried a relaxation technique at some i tried a breathing exercise it was a disaster i couldn't do it so i'm rubbish at that but learning to relax is much more complex than that and and actually doing something really deliberate and intentional like some of the exercises you might have come across is, is really hard and it is a new skill so i do teach some of those but i teach them very gradually and and, and i often say to people don't the first time you try try that shouldn't be in a moment where you're like literally about to blow because you are so tense and the entire world's gone crazy we we have to try things that are a bit easier first and gradually learn skills of how to relax mm. so breathing is a very interesting thing to talk about in terms of relaxation because we know that actually our breathing pattern has a huge influence over the levels of on that physiological stress scale one of the things we do as part of ramping that scale up is we breathe more and we breathe more shallow it's part of the fight-or-flight response and there's a a sort of what we call a feedback loop which means that when you're breathing like that it also ramps up the system even more so it kind of keeps it set it maintains a height of that system so that if you were in a situation where the demand was potentially high or there was a the potential for something you might need to react to you stay in the zone but when we're in a position like this our uh, that that's not helpful and what we can do therefore is the opposite so if you're breathing much deeper much slower lots of breathing out then what you can do is actually drop your physiological system so we can play with that mm-hmm. either by learning breathing techniques or by doing something like singing or humming because when you sing or hum, you naturally change your breathing pattern. This is why joining choirs and things that has become so popular because it does help you to moderate your stress level. Mm -hmm. And so that for a lot of people is much easier than trying to do something where you're actually focusing on your breathing. One of the weird things about breathing is the minute you, you don't normally think about it. And for some people in particular, Think focusing on breathing and thinking about it makes them eat, start to feel quite panicky, but finding a favourite song and having a good sing along to it, joining an online choir because they are online these days, or or humming a good tune or whatever, get in the shower, have a good sing along, whatever it is that you do, that can be incredibly relaxing, and and there's good physiology behind that and
0: why that. That's really interesting. Amanda, um, we've just got a question. Um, what can you do if someone close to you is stressed and the stress can rub off on you? That's a buggy, isn't it? Because we, there's the an yeah. extent to which we might be able to control our own response, but what about what do we do when it's someone else?
1: And And, and stress is contagious? Yeah. those of us who've sat exams over the years or maybe i don't know if there's young people watching who are in exam years right now you know if if you hang out with people just before an exam who are freaking out you start to freak out it's it, it is a bit catching and i think particularly for those of us who are in a position where we are caring for other people so uh particularly children and young people, but also sometimes more elderly relatives who are more vulnerable emotionally uh, because they know that their their degree of vulnerability and risk in this season is higher or just because they're less able to be in control of their lives or all sorts of reasons. That people who are dependent on us, they will take their emotional cues from us. So parents will often say to me, you know, my kids or my teens are freaking out. They're stressed. What do I do? And they want me to talk about all the things that they do for their kids. But actually, often the first thing I will say is, how about you? Because the more stressed you are, A, the less well you will handle things. And if you're shouty, if you're like me, breaking alexas, you're going to stress out the people who are around you. But also they will look to you particularly Younger children, um, so up to sort of mid-adolescence, they literally take their emotional cues from you because they they don't know how the world works yet. Is this OK? Is it not OK? And And there is this wonderful phase, really. My son's still in it, just he's eight, where basically if I'm calm, he's calm. The world is okay, And in some ways, the most distressing thing for for, for him and some of our younger kids in lockdown has been because we're all thrown into this high stress situation and we're all in it together. Our kids have seen... Some of us as adults push to a point they've never seen us before. I don't think my kids have ever seen me acting and reacting like I have done at some points in Breakdown or my husband because it's been really hard. Um, and that's been stressful for them. So sometimes the best thing you can do to help other people is help yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important. Yeah. The other thing that we can do, again, if we are in a position where we can... Where we have influence and control over things like rhythm and routine as we can build that stuff in Mm -hmm. so children and young people don't know how to manage stress they don't know that going out for a walk will help to drop their stress level connection with nature there's another big category we didn't talk about about things that just naturally drop your stress level there's Mm -hmm. something about getting out into the outdoors when you're able to and i know we can't always do it throughout lockdown some people in particular who are shielding haven't been able to do that and and that might be going out for a walk or it might be something as simple as sitting by an open window and just feeling the breeze on your face. I often say, say to people, just can you get somewhere where you can see the sky, mm-hmm. look at stars, you know, that experience of awe, recognizing the wider world that we're in. We know that drops stress level. So we can teach things like that to some children, young people, some of the people who are dependent on them, and we can help them build that stuff into their routine. We can even talk to them about what stress is. How does that link to your emotions? Why are they feeling so weird? Where's that coming from? You know, mm. particularly for children, it's so frightening when everything just feels different and weird and they don't know why, but we can take a lot of the fear out of it. When when we don't understand why something's happening, we take the, the initial thing, which is hard anyway, and then we add one or both of two things we either add fear because it's like why is this happening what's going on have i changed has mum dad changed why what's you know or we add guilt like i shouldn't be feeling like this if i was a better person if i was a better mum i would not have broken my alexa actually that probably is true but we we pile guilt on ourselves and we feel like we You know we live in this superhuman culture that does say we should be able to handle everything get everything right remember your brain's gone super binary so Mm -hmm. in those moments where you feel like you're failing at everything you're probably not it's probably not as bad as it feels Mm -hmm. your 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 ability to perceive success and failure has just got messed up so
0: important to recognize isn't it because understanding changes so much so, oh yeah, that, that feels like such a, a game changer for me because it because also with the black and white thinking, I don't know about you, but I find I can often think I'm the only one who would think like that. And that I wouldn't realize, necessarily think that it's a problem that lots of people face, which normalizes a bit. And because there's, I guess there's so much to process. It's easy to think, oh, there's something wrong with me or other people are dealing with this better than I am. And, and so just kind of normalising and talking about some of these things are so important.
1: Yeah. And processing, that's such a good point, Lou, because in this season, particularly, there is so much to process. And in August, I was talking to people a lot about this because they were saying to me, like, I, I, should, be, I should be feeling so much happier. What's wrong with me? Why am I not happy now? Because I can get back to doing some stuff, but I'm not enjoying it. And so many people were finding, having come out of that acutely difficult season that their brain is like, right, okay, we need to figure out what on earth does this mean? what you've just been through the impact it had on your life your rhythm your routine the things that you always thought were absolutely stable and you could depend upon your friendships your relationships and and your brain is like we need to we need to process this and actually that is stressful it's emotionally demanding it's tough and now the season we're in a lot of people are still trying to do that but also we've got the next batch of changes the next batch of unpredictability and uncertainty yeah. And that's hard. And again, it's stressful, it's demonic, it's exhausting. It it really is. Lie on the floor for a while and just like (laughs) everything goes
0: away. (laughs) And there's, there's so much change that people are facing, both like, you know, with what's going on with lockdown and everything, but also people's circumstances. I'm thinking of people that might have lost loved ones or people who may have lost their jobs or who financially are struggling. Health, long term health conditions. Yeah. I guess my question is around how we manage change and how, if if this stress is unavoidable, what what can we do practically around managing change like that?
1: Yeah. I think I think that's a really good question, and I think to some degree it is about recognition and understanding. Mm -hmm. So being aware of those stress spikes and just allowing yourself to hold those without panic and without guilt. Mm -hmm. So saying like, actually, it's okay. There are elements of this season now that mean there will be moments where you just have overwhelm moments and think that, that. that's what's happening. And I know what to do, literally having in your mind, a sort of list of options, like how can I, ha- here's five things I can do if I have an overwhelm moment. And, and, and in those moments thinking, which one can I do? Can I, like, I often say to people, like, even just like nipping nip to the loo, just grabbing a moment in a cubicle or in, in, in the loo at work or at home or wherever, where you could literally just, it sometimes it only takes a minute just to whoo, drop the level back down and then you can go back and you'll handle things better. We, we don't do ambush very well as human beings. And sometimes it it can feel where you're close to overwhelm, like suddenly you're ambushed. So I think recognizing and, and responding well in the moment to stress spikes, that, that thing of building more routine in. But I think I think dealing with change and, and, and giving ourselves time and space to process it is really important. One thing that we can do that is often very helpful is getting things out of your head um, because it, it's a bit of a double whammy. One of the things that when you're close to 11 or overwhelmed cognitively, so how in terms of how your brain works, that is really affected is your ability to hold things in your memory and focus your attention. And mm-hmm. and so losing those things, forgetting things or losing track of things in your mind then raises your stress level even more. Mm-hmm. And, and actually... a bit like if you go to the supermarket and you've got like five things to get but you've not written them down because you've only got to get five things and i've done this so many times what you end up doing is as you're going around you have to recite them don't you because otherwise you're going to come out of there and realize you've got one of the things you went in to get so you're walking around going bread milk eggs butter cereal whatever it is you've got to get and you're having to keep going over and over and over and that's demanding it's quite tiring it's you know um and if you wrote those things down you would then release your mind from the demand of having to do that because you could just get oh yeah i'll get the piece of paper out and i'll check tick them off have i done it and we can do that in seasons of high stress and change and high demand in all sorts of different things so one of the, the the classic things that stress and overwhelm affects his sleep for example because if you're on the edge of overwhelm your brain is like really do you really think you could switch off now what if something bad happens so we're naturally going to find it harder to switch off get to sleep we wake more easily when we do wake, your brain kicks in and starts whirring straight away now, one of the things that has been shown to help with that as a really simple intervention is writing things down before you go to bed. What are the things I've got to think about for tomorrow? What are the things on my mind right now? And you might think, well, it doesn't make any difference putting them on a piece of paper, Kate. But it does, because what it does is it, it, it says to your brain, it's OK, you can let this go. You don't need to keep it at the front of your mind. Mm-hmm. And and if you haven't done that, then just like when you're walking around the supermarket, it's your brain has to keep it constantly cycling around your working memory. You've actually said it's okay, you can let that go, you can forget it. Mm-hmm. And in when we are close to overwhelmed, the action of trying to keep things in your working memory is so much harder. When you're exhausted, it's so much harder that those things become even more important.
0: Mm. It's, it's actually really helpful to know the reason, you know, I've read before things like, oh, write things down. But it's, it's really useful to understand why, so now I totally get it. And it makes total sense to write something down. So yeah, that's really helpful. We've just had a question that um, I'm really glad someone's asked because um, it's a really important one. And that's, how do you know if your level of stress is normal or whether it's anxiety that you're struggling with and that you should perhaps get extra help for?
1: Okay, that that is a really good question. So thanks to the person who asked that. And I, I think... Anxiety is a really interesting thing to talk about, and I know you've talked about it at on one of the previous sessions. Because, and it's true, really, anxiety is not an illness; it's a normal human emotion. But, but in seasons like this, or in times of high demand, anxiety can become really problematic, and it can start to make us ill, and it can start to interfere with everyday life. It can start to have an impact on us, on other people, that is really negative. And so, I think. In terms of stress or anxiety, because they're very closely linked, they're on the same system, um, I think those are the questions we need to ask. Are we getting to a point where actually this is starting to have a really negative impact on me? Is it stopping me from being able to do things? Is it making me do things that are not positive, that might be having negative incomes for me or for other people? Um, and I think those are the sorts of questions where you start to get into a space where maybe it's good to have a conversation with someone and say that I, I'm struggling a bit. What What do you think? And I think we're are our attitude to things like stress anxiety can can sometimes be a bit uh i think it's good to reframe how we're thinking like why are you having that conversation why are you going to ask for help not so you can get this label of like actually i i now have a stress problem or i have an anxiety problem i am I'm ill there's something wrong with me that's back to the guilt or the fear thing but to say actually i am recognizing that in this moment because of what life is doing i've got to this space where i'm i'm beyond my capacity to manage it and that's really hard so are there some things that might help and that might avoid because if if we push through and try to live life in that overwhelm zone literally like i say to people sometimes it's like living underwater then if we try and push through, sometimes the impact of that can be devastating because it does lead us to get into unhealthy things because we're trying to sustain a level of stress and anxiety that's that's horrible and that's unsustainable or because the long-term impact on us is really bad. And, and the reality is we are all human, we all have limits. And you know, burnout is a real thing, it happens and it can happen, Very suddenly, so many people live right on the edge of burnout all the time. And, 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 uh, you know, our attitude can so often just be like, Have I burned out? No, I haven't. So it's all fine. i like, gosh, I came close. But that wasn't like I I often just was like, is this how I'm going to have my total breakdown this moment? Is this it? No, I seem to have survived. It's okay. But joking aside, there comes a point where actually you're living on the edge of something that that it does happen. You are human. And we think about that as something that will happen to someone else to other people. Mm. But the reality is it, it could happen to me it could happen to you and and if if I start to think I'm immune from that and it wouldn't happen to me then that's a very risky way to live yeah. so sometimes actually recognizing saying gosh I'm in that zone where I'm starting to struggle and maybe maybe there's some help that that would get me through this better that's a good conversation to have yeah
0: I just want to share one of the things that has really helped me because actually it's interesting you talk about burnout because I actually got to that point where I was burnt out and I um, suffered with postnatal depression which was a really difficult time and as I was, after I recovered from the depression, what I realised was that I, um, my boundaries weren't very good in a way that I wasn't looking after myself very well. well, I was saying yes to people all the time when I should have said no and then I was resenting them because it felt like they were exploiting me when it was just the fact that my boundaries weren't great and I was going to mention the STEPS course anyway this evening because we've got an introduction coming up tomorrow, but I did the STEPS course and I actually worked on people people pleasing and fear of rejection, which was one of the contributing factors to me being stressed for so long because I was just taking on too much, too much of the time. And so I did the STEPS course. It was a 12 week recovery course where Basically, I was able to process some of what was going on and why I was doing it and um, With the 12 steps you kind of look at It's well and know that you'll know all about it but is that kind of admitting your powerlessness and giving that over to God or a higher power and then making amends and creating new rhythms and that was just so helpful for me in terms of how I manage stress and um, I yeah I wanted to give that example anyway, but it just say so we do have an introduction um four steps tomorrow at one o'clock or seven thirty, which anyone watching is so welcome to be at it, you you don't have to believe in God to do it. it's really accessible for anyone, and it is a way of building in kind of routines where you can begin to look after yourself and address sometimes some of the underlying reasons why. On the outside, maybe you might feel like you're really stressed, or running around like a headless chicken, or just living at a constant state of exhaustion. So that was really helpful to me. Um, and I know, I guess, um, things like meditation and prayer and, um, I guess, kind of stillness can be really helpful for people, can't it? And I'm sure. I- and I know that you have a faith yourself, and I guess you're a psychologist, and you have a faith. And I'm really interested to know what, you know, how did you get there, and what difference does having a faith make to you in your life? Yeah,
1: I, I, and actually, before I say that, I mean that the the course and the opportunity to do that is is such a great opportunity in this time, and I think I think. The, the challenges of life and stress and emotional health so often it, it, you can think about life's a bit like trying to get a boat across a lake and there's two things that happen one is that we sail into storms and boy has this been a stormy time but the other is that we all do have some leaks in our boat there are patterns and and ways that we think or things like you were talking about boundaries things that things that we learned when we were younger all sorts of things things in our personality that we all have achilles heels and as adults mostly we don't think about those things and, and so opportunities to process that, to think, to try and think, well, actually, how am I living? They, rate, they, they help us because we can then become aware of something that maybe we would want to change or do differently. And in this time when so much is changing and things are unusually chaotic, that is such a good way of managing change to find those spaces. So I think a, something like that, where you can have the opportunity just to pause and ponder, like you say, to have some headspace, to have some stillness, is mm. is, is brilliant. Aside of any sort of faith perspective or, or life perspective, and and one of the advantages of stillness and meditation is that it gives you the space to do that, which is very important. I mean, yeah. So I mean, for me, faith faith has definitely had a huge impact. For me, in, in life in general, but in seasons like this when things are difficult and unpredictable, because I think for me, it, it 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 helps me understand a lot of the the bigger questions that can underland underlie something like this. I mean, even as a psychologist, that just understanding how was your how were we designed as people like why do things like human connection matter so much why has this season been so stressful so hard and understanding how human beings were made to need one another some of the basics about the dna of of who we are and for me understanding that in the context of how we're built the bible says that we we reflect the nature of god you know some of those patterns so so i think that understanding of big themes but also just that bigger perspective you know in in a moment where where, where, like I say, we as humans, we love to live under the illusion that everything's certain and predictable, and everything's basically okay. And in moments like this, we're thrown into a reality that just shows how, how tenuous and how how vulnerable we are. Life is so many of the things that that we depend upon are. What do you depend upon? What what are the the constancies, the certainties? And for me, faith offers me something there both in terms of something I can depend on that I always know will be there I can always turn to God you know there's this this ancient um song one of the psalms that says that I know that God is right beside me I will not be shaken because God is right beside me and that is definitely a reality it's something that I can turn to that will always be there but also just something that brings a, a better story a bigger story a different perspective you know in seasons like this where it can feel so grim i mean gosh right i don't know if anybody else watching feels that but i'm having moments right now where i just think oh man this is just it's just so relentlessly grim and mm. and it feels you know you hear things like they're talking about or well, may, maybe we'll get this vaccine maybe we'll get this treatment but it's not going to be for months and you just think oh man this is dark and, um. and- to have a sense of a bigger story a better story a bigger promise remembering that there is always light and life and hope and goodness in the world and ultimately for me believing that there's a god story that's involved in that stuff and and that we get to play a part you know what's our purpose in this this mess that we're in right now you know i love there's a there's a there's a verse in the New Testament that talks about how when we step into things and, and we and we do good things or we 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 step into bringing light or bringing life or bringing hope that that we become like God's handiwork but the actual original Greek word that's used there is the same as the Greek word for poetry and and so there's a translation of that that says literally we have become God's poetry and I love that thought in the dark moments that you know what everything can be going wrong the whole world can be in chaos but i can still make a decision to become part of a better song a better poem that that is being spoken it is there Mm -hmm. sometimes you just have to look really hard for it and sometimes in the darkest moments actually they are the moments that those that light and that better song and better poem does shine through it does sing out and and i love that context that i understand because of the, the faith and the understanding that some of the the, the Bible
0: teaching and stuff gives me. Mm, wow, that's really inspiring. And if you have um, heard Kate and are interested at all in spirituality, God, just exploring is there more to life than this? Can a belief, a faith in God help me day to day with stress, like all of this? And, I would just so highly recommend trying an Alpha course, which we've at Christchurch have got one starting on Tuesday the 22nd of September and one the week after on Tuesday the 29th of September. And an Alpha course is really an opportunity to watch a short video and then have a discussion on the video. So you do not need to come believing in God in any way. You can totally come in thinking, nope, nope. (laughs) And it's, it's just a discussion, so we we just like a really kind of open conversation and what we tend to find on these courses that is that the people going tend to make really good friends with each other and there's a community that's built which is really, really lovely. And I think particularly at the moment, with lots of people being in their homes, feeling isolated, then an opportunity to make some friends is a really great one. So if you are interested in in exploring more, then there's information on our website. And I think the link should be coming up for you, but you'd be so, so welcome to join. And you can always just come to the first one. And if you don't like it, then you really don't have to come back. So um, I'd highly recommend it. I've done Alpha a few times and each time I learn something new and, I just find it really interesting hearing the views of other people and i think sometimes i get a bit bored with small talk or you know you can see friends which is nice but sometimes it's really nice to have those meaty conversations and that's definitely what this is so um i would really encourage you to come if you're at all interested and um, Kate, we have got three minutes left i would just love any final thoughts um that you can give us any pearls of wisdom and maybe kind of looking ahead to the next few months, like we don't know if there's going to be another lockdown. We don't know what change is coming. But what what words of wisdom could you leave us with?
1: Um, so I th- I think my words of wisdom would d- just d- a final take home message to remember is remember the impact that overwhelm has on your mind on your ability to handle that moment well, I think, because otherwise, if you don't recognize that, then then you add to the panic of that moment. And, and I'll just end with a really classic thing that lots of people are struggling with right now, which is making difficult decisions. So, so, so many people, what they're finding is they've got to make a difficult decision. Do I do something? Don't I do it? How do I handle this situation? Whatever. And what they find is the minute they start to think about it, whoosh up goes their stress level. They're totally into overwhelm. One of the things that happens in that space is you're thinking gets turned right down it's almost like your brains on like act now think later mode it's like now is not the time for thinking just get out get it out you know and and so quite often what that means is that you get even more panic because I've got this decision to make and I can't do it but actually the problem there is not your ability to make the decision the problem is managing the stress of the and the overwhelm of that moment so simple things separate the two have a moment where you try and fact find and like brainstorm and again, putting on paper, writing down all the facts, but you're under no pressure to make the decision because that will mean that you could, your analytical mind will function better. And then at a totally different time, try and make the decision, involve other people, get someone to sit down with you and talk it through because that will drop your stress level. Uh, But most of all, it's about awareness and not panicking. This is not a sign that you are losing it or a failure as a basic human being. It is a sign that you are a human being though and you have limits and this is a tough season. So I think we can all be compassionate. We can be compassionate to one another, which is really good. So in a time when there's a lot of conflict around, let's try and be a bit less reactive. Try and remember everybody is in a different situation to us, but we can also be compassionate to ourselves. You know, give yourself a break. Maybe what you need is an evening off, the chance to get out and go for a long walk or watch that utterly ridiculous box set that is going to be a totally wasted four hours of your life except it's not wasted because if you can drop your stress level you will improve the way that you cope with everything else that life is going to throw at you so that four hours of doing nothing could be the best four hours you've done all month
0: thank you so much for giving us permission to switch off I really needed that (laughs) okay it's been so wonderful to chat to you thank you so much for all of your wisdom and we can find you at mind and soul foundation the website can't we and just quickly just tell everyone about your um the headstrong that you've got yeah
1: if you've got teens and young people in your life or in your house or if you're a teen or young person yourself watching then check out beheadstrong.uk it's a brand new online space that we've just launched we launched it on the first of september which is talking about how do you do life really well particularly in challenging times we've got real life stories from people we've got fun stuff you can do to help distract you to help you relax as an antidote there's a space where young people can send in their own questions it's just a really relaxed fun space to have these type of conversations Mm -hmm. and there is lots of stuff specific to this weird and wonderful season and how to help you get through it better particularly as schools are going back and there's a whole world of stuff
0: we could talk for another hour and (laughs) all
1: that is (laughs)
0: great thank you so much kate it's been wonderful having you brilliant thanks so much